0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Writing into the Unknown. My name is Monica.
1: And my name is Christina.
0: And today you're listening to episode 51, where we're going to be talking all about language learning. And I'm really excited to do this episode because me and Chris have actually been talking about doing this for a while, but we never got around to it. So I'm excited to be discussing all about languages today, which ties in nicely with um, a little bit of an introduction into Us into how many languages we speak and how we got into languages. So, do you want to introduce, Chris, how many languages you know?
1: So, I'd say I'm trilingual. So, Moni and I both speak English, Spanish, and French fluently. And I'm personally also learning German at the moment, as I've alluded to in many episodes before. I wouldn't say I'm fluent at all in German yet, but trying to get there. That's a goal. Yeah. So as Chris said, we're fluent in three languages. My
0: French is a little bit rusty, but I would say I'm almost fluent, sort of. I mean, I can understand like 90 percent of it. So pretty much there. And for me, I'm also in in the sort of process of learning Italian, which is taking a lot of, (laughs) of time and also hoping to learn Arabic soon.
1: Um, sometime hopefully. So I was going to ask how is the learning going? Is it parked completely? Are you doing regular lessons? How often do you revisit those languages?
0: So good question. Um, With Italian uh, it's very now and then. I haven't I'm not gonna lie here I've not been full-on doing lessons or fully dedicate my time to it it's just been kind of like a fun thing on the side I probably should take it a bit more seriously because I know that's how you actually improve <laughs> but I will go on to how I've been learning it and probably give some advice at the end I do want to take it a bit more seriously as I said so maybe after this podcast I will feel inspired <laughs> to continue and with the Arabic it's just been kind of conversational talking to my friends and practicing that way which is also very, a very helpful way of learning for learning a language. No, that's awesome. So I think I, I wanted to also kind of start off, I think the listeners might be intrigued as to how we know so many languages. I mean, we don't know so many, but, you know, we, we know three. So I think it would be good to give a little bit of background as to how we got into these languages. And I think it's particularly interesting because all of them we learn in many different ways. So,
1: Chris, do you want to start off? I wanted to say first of all that it depends where you come from or where you live etc some places it is very normal for people to speak three languages more than three languages other places you speak more than one language it's like wow you're so knowledgeable like how did that happen etc so for example money and i we live in the uk here it's one of i was going to say members of the european union no longer and <laughs> um, one of the countries in europe let's say um where English, you know, is obviously the main uh, language, but most of the population don't speak a second language or even a third. So if you compare it to say Switzerland, for example, or Luxembourg or countries where there's more than one national language, children are taught French, German, Italian, say, in Switzerland, for example, in schools already, as well as English because um, of the importance nowadays worldwide and that really gets them ready to be like sponges and learn languages at such a faster speed that you would see children in UK schools for example just because of the system of the education in terms of languages and we want to talk about that as well so Moni and I we have been fortunate enough to attend a French school when we were growing up in Spain And so, well, first of all, our first language is Spanish and that's how we speak Spanish. And then we, our second language at the time was French and we learned French in school. But I also feel like because we went to France a lot, we were so fortunate to have this opportunity to go to France quite often. That is really how we learned French even better because I feel like you need that exposure, that immersion. And that's why our accents in French are quite French, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I was just going to quickly say there, because do you remember when we used to go to the boulangerie?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember, and we used to, when you make orders and you're young, like we used to go and buy our bread in the morning. And so
1: boulangerie means bakery.
0: <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> means bakery. So when you're young and you kind of get this exposure to speaking in French to other people, you kind of adopt the accent as well. Yeah. And when you're younger you're literally a sponge (laughs) so you absolutely catch everything so I think yeah we're really lucky in that sense that we got to be in France exactly and it wasn't
1: it wasn't only the example with the bakery it was just our parents don't speak French so when we went when we were in France they would always rely on us to be the translators and it's like you're this eight-year-old trying to (laughs) ask for some stuff at the bank like this is not what I learned in school (laughs) trying to file taxes and all that (laughs) so it was quite an interesting experience quite stressful but I think that's how you learned like going now into how we learned English obviously Mm, we had our go ahead I was gonna
0: say it was so stressful when mom would be like oh make this phone call And I would be like, I literally don't understand what you're telling me to do. (laughs) Yeah, like we're like 12, like 10 years old. And she's like, okay, do this, like sign this big contract. And you're thinking, oh, what? (laughs) Like, what is what is happening here? So, yeah, I feel like that was definitely a learning experience for us.
1: Yeah, for sure. sure. And that ties into how we learned English. And what I was saying is that we studied we started studying English in school, like you do, but it wasn't very in-depth. It was very much just learn these verbs, learn these words, but it didn't really teach you how to speak English conversationally. So I remember when we first try, uh, visited the UK or Scotland, I just couldn't hold a conversation. <laughs> and mm. so being thrown into the deep end when we eventually moved to Scotland, I was 13 years old, money was 10. And yeah, it was really a struggle, but that's how we became fully fluent because we just had no choice and we had to communicate yeah
0: and chris also learned Euskera when she was in in uh, school actually i don't know what type of level you go to oh none.
1: so basically Euskera <laughs> is a national language in spain it's basically the basque language and in, in spain we have four national languages we have we have spanish We've got Galician from the Galicia region. We've got Catalan from Catalonia or Catalonia. And then we've got Basque from the Basque country that, which is where we're from. And I did one year in school, I did one year of Basque and I genuinely don't remember much. It, was, it wasn't taught very well, I must admit. Like just learn these words and try and write them down in an exam. It wasn't teaching you how to speak or have a conversation. And this is something very important That I want to talk about which is the current state of the education system in terms of languages is not good at all especially here and I mean I don't know about England but I know about Scotland not being very good from my experience anyway where you're just told to memorize things I mean I'm assuming this is the case in most schools you're just told to memorize and not really understand and that is not A way in which you can then go and communicate because as we know, language is not just rigid. There's many, many variables and how you're gonna ask for something, you know, say something.
0: Definitely. And I think in terms of the education system, it's really focused on textbook work and learning words and learning vocab rather than actually practicing. I think there should be a bigger emphasis on conversational. You know, speaking because they're you know at at school would have our speaking test, would have our listening test, would have our reading and our I think was it three or four?
1: I think it was speaking, three. Speaking, listening, listening,
0: writing, and and writing and reading. Okay, yeah, writing yeah. and reading. I think it's four. And I think there wasn't too much emphasis on the speaking. I think you would literally say something to your teacher. You would learn like a big text, and then say it to your teacher, and then he'd ask like three questions, and that was it for the year. But then when you think about it, when you're having to say France, that is the biggest chunk. Like, you're not just going to be like, oh, by the way, I know how to say swimming pool in French. <laughs> or like, or I know, know I know how to pool. conjugate
1: this verb. Like, I know the grammar or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if, if you sound like I want. I eating. Well, I yeah, eating something like completely. Soup. I'm trying to.
0: Yeah. Well, if, if, even if you were saying I eating soup rather than I am eating soup. You would.
1: They would understand.
0: They would understand. They would understand. Yeah. yeah. So you'd rather just be able to communicate than know all of this vocab and all these exactly. words, but you can't actually put them into sentences.
1: This this happened. Like, you
0: could know the word for bottle and laptop and lamp, but how are you going to put them in a sentence together? You know exactly.
1: I, I mean, I remember we were in Croatia, and I don't speak Croatian, <laughs> but we were waiting for this bus on a bu- in a bus stop, and there was a shop. I think it was like a bakery. Um, Next to the bus stop, and there wasn't anyone else, so I went in, and the woman spoke German and Croatian, but she didn't speak English. So I was trying to understand like when the bus was coming, and she, I understood, I knew the word for bus, and like I knew the the word for hour or, or like the numbers etc. So I was trying to get her to explain to me what time the bus was coming, and magically, with my really broken German, I got to, like I finally understood what she was trying to say, which I found so rewarding, you know you don't need <laughs> yeah. to make a lot of sense as long as you know the keywords and how to ask for certain things like mm-hmm. you're good yeah exactly but yeah so that's basically our sort of story with languages I feel like we've spoken about this a little bit in previous episodes I can't remember exactly Yeah, we like, have. I I feel like our like our mom speaks four languages <laughs> um so we maybe have like that Um, like our parents I always forget yeah I I always forget but it's true (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible so our parents always like pushed us to like learn languages I remember my brother and I we used to go to Mandarin lessons and Mm -hmm. Japanese lessons as young kids we since left it um, and I don't remember um, anything about Mandarin and Japanese I've tried to learn since a little bit by myself so I feel like I know a little bit yeah, it's not on my priority list, so I wouldn't say I'm learning it actively, as opposed to my German, which I do my Duolingo every day. Mm-hmm. I do my daily lesson. I try to speak with French uh, with friends in German, but yeah, I I would love to learn every other language, but it's just no time for it, or I'm, it's not a priority right now. So yeah, yeah it's good to choose hard- one and go for it.
0: It's hard when you're. I've caught myself doing this before. I'm on Duolingo. I'm starting a language. Say I'm doing Italian, and then I'm like, oh wait, but why don't I learn Tagalog right now? I want to learn Tagalog, and then you start learning Tagalog, and then you're like, wait, but I want to learn Arabic, and then you have three languages at the same time, and then you don't keep up with your consistency because it gets too much. But yeah, I think it's important to kind of stick to one, focus on that, and then move move on to another one. I mean, if you want to do several at the same time, that's great. But I think it's kind of difficult because you kind of you'll mix them up I think I I think
1: it's totally possible to learn more than one language at a time I think it is but it has to become your priority
0: yeah if you want to dedicate
1: time to one language because you're also doing gym and you're also doing I don't know baking or whatever you like to do as a hobby then probably doing four other languages is going to be overwhelming but if you your main hobby is learning languages go ahead and learn Russian and Georgian and Arabic why not guys? Listen to episode 49 because we speak all
0: about reevaluating your priorities. So I think this might be a good episode for you. Exactly. But I I wanted to say as well, it's kind of crazy that English was a third language, yet I feel like now it's probably the language that I can communicate most effectively in. I wouldn't actually be able to do a podcast the same way that I do it in English and Spanish. I, I am completely fluent in Spanish, but I just feel like I have a better vocabulary in English just because I my job's in English I know my field in civil engineering much better in English I feel like when I read articles I always read in English I read books in English I watch videos in English so I think that's why my English has improved so much more to the point where it might actually be better in Spanish like sometimes I talk to my grandma and I forget specific words like I don't know how to say chia seeds or flax seeds I'm like oh yeah I was eating oats today I'm like I forgot how to say oats
1: you know yeah, I was actually explaining oats. I couldn't, what's the word for oats Abena, abena, in Spanish. Abina, abina, abina. Abina in Spanish <laughs> I yeah. genuinely forgot. Um, yeah, no, that's true. And I feel like the degrees of fluency in a language can be very varied. It doesn't mean you don't speak a language fluently. I feel like for me, there's very, also very many different definitions of what fluency really means. But I think it's just, as long as you can speak and communicate clearly with someone, just like easily, quickly, without you know having to spend too much time thinking of what to say next i think that's fluent you know like you for example i i don't think i'm completely native in english if you want to use the word native to the extreme in terms of yes there's times where i'm going to forget how to say certain words but if i'm being completely honest there's so many times as well where i forget words in spanish like just now i didn't know how to say oats <laughs> so <laughs> that, does that mean i'm not native in any you know it's just i think I think it goes back to sort of the reading writing listening and all
0: those like you kind of have to tick off some of the boxes like you need to be able to sort of write in English write in Spanish um read and what are the other ones you know the other I feel like for
1: instance you can be fluent in one language without knowing how to write it I I think anyway
0: that's true so would you say fluency comes from just the speaking part then
1: Maybe you'd say you're fluent at speaking it then, but
0: right. as what, long as people can Flynn understand you, mean? you know,
1: mm-hmm. like it depends what you're really asking. This, these are just technicalities. But what I'm trying to say is that, yes, I feel like a lot of the time I have struggled because I feel like I'm not good enough at either language, but I would rather speak two languages, not 100%, you know, than just one That is like really, really good. So, but do you know what it is as well? I think I want to touch on this a bit
0: later, actually, in the following sections. But essentially, the language that we know is kind of limited to the sort of life we live. More people might know, you might think, oh, they know more vocabulary than me because they might know the vocabulary for certain interests that they have. Hence, why you don't have that vocabulary for that. So, for example, if we take Say I was learning, I'm going to take Italian again, right? Say I'm learning Italian. I'm not going to learn all of the words in the Italian vocabulary and the Italian dictionary. I'm probably want to le- wanting to learn the words that I'm going to use most in my life. So say I'm a chef or I cook a lot or I study civil engineering. I'm wanting to learn sort of the vocabulary for that. Say I'm going to work in Italy and I'm going to be a civil engineer. I want to know the vocabulary for that. And then I might know how, not know how to say... Skiing or snow, or you know, other words, and that's the same thing for French. Like in French, we know how to say, we know how to communicate effectively. We're probably better when it comes to talking about school, talking about work, talking about traveling, but then when it comes to French and talking about food, or I mean, we know how to, to talk about food, but more tech. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, I'm- you kind of know the um the language for
1: the yeah
0: certain things like in English okay yes I know pretty much I have a lot of vocabulary in English but then I might not know specific technical words for other things
1: that I just have never learned in the English language because I haven't been exposed to it yeah but I think you're talking about vocabulary as in do you know what how to say a certain word but I'm talking more about how to describe certain things. So for example, adjectives rather than nouns. You're thinking more nouns. So for example, how do you say bicycle? How do you say uh, snowboard or something? But I'm talking more about different adjectives that help you sound like you know what you're saying, like more eloquent mm. or even using certain expressions. I feel like now at work, I'm learning so many expressions. I don't know, maybe because at university, I had a lot of international friends and you wouldn't use those kind of, Um, yeah expressions I guess. I think it's just also because our parents aren't
0: you know a lot of people learn these expressions from their parents and they also maybe learn it when they're really young at school or maybe they're also more like they're more exposed to these sort of expressions in a day-to-day basis like for example at work as you were saying there's a lot of people that use expressions that I've never heard and I'm like how did you learn that (laughs) so yeah for example at work you learn these things so it could be you know from their parents
1: yeah that they learn it or yeah I'm not I'm not sure also no definitely just growing up but I feel like the same happened um when I was in school like in Spain because my friends would know certain expressions but maybe our parents were like working all the time like you wouldn't Mm -hmm get to ask them those questions directly, you know. Um Also, and I, go ahead. I
0: was going to say really quickly as well, I think it's so difficult when you don't know the language, when, this is completely unrelated to what we're talking about, but say you don't know English very well and someone says an expression, I should have had an example of expressions, but someone says an expression and they think, they take it very literally, yeah. and they're like, what does that mean? Because I can think of so many in Spanish, and I'm like, like if you don't Bob's your Spanish, uncle.
1: You...
0: yeah, Bob's your uncle. Literally in in English, you're like, what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like you just wouldn't know. It basically means like, like it's why ready. are you talking
1: about your uncle Bob? Like, how is that? Like, related? why are you talking
0: about your <laughs> uncle? Yeah, exactly. So, and in Spanish, there's so many. Can you think of any? Actually,
1: eres la pera limonera. <laughs> you are the lemon pear it's I mean no one uses that anymore but I just thought it it was funny it basically means you're like really cool right um or something is really oh wait
0: I I was gonna say Bob's your own question it's ready like it's done like yeah there is
1: yeah but anyway I feel like also when I was in school like I would just not ask certain things because I'd be like Mm -hmm. oh maybe I should know this or whatever whereas now if I don't know something I like will straight up ask like there was something they were talking about it was like this tent that you have on your garden I can't remember what it was called. And I was like, what does that mean? And they were like, oh, you don't know what that means? I'm like, I have no idea. Tell me. <laughs> and they were like, oh, it's like this tent that you have in your garden, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, cool. I think yeah. also when we were younger
0: I would ask and then people would be like you don't know what that means and I'd get that so frequently yeah to the point where I was like oh my goodness I feel like I should know all these things so then I got to the point where I just wouldn't ask and then I wouldn't know 100%. what percent were saying like do you remember in school they would say these expressions and then you'd be asking like what does this mean and they'd be like you don't know
1: one hundred percent And as a kid, <laughs> when you're more insecure, you're like, oh my God, like there's something wrong with me. Like, I don't know what this means, blah blah blah. Now mm-hmm. you just yeah. Whereas now, pff, I'm I Whatever. born here. I just just enlighten me, teach me, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think
0: those people that are learning a new language can probably relate to the struggle of understanding expressions. I think that's what comes from learning a new language, like you're not taught this in school you're not taught Bob's your uncle in school (laughs) they don't teach you that you have to learn that through conversations you have to learn that through talking to people so it's
1: definitely struggle but yeah um... also not even expressions also when you say things like for example oh literally like Mm. or basically like it's really funny because when I speak to my Spanish friends I sometimes say oh básicamente, like basically but in Spanish, mm. you wouldn't say it like that. Like, it just doesn't sound right. So, you're, uh, sometimes I'm like speaking in Spanish, having translated from English to Spanish. And it's just very confusing, if you know what I mean. But I've also noticed, for example, speaking to French friends, where my French would be very academic in terms of, you know, in school, you don't learn all the slang. But then <sighs> speaking to them would so be true. like, oh, well, du coup. Cool? <laughs> like, so, like, it's just like little things you have. At the server centers that don't mean anything, it's just like in plan, like oh sorry if, if, <laughs> you're like it's like, oh, it's like, you know, in English, it would be yeah. like the equivalent. But it's like pff, some languages don't have that little inter interject kind of I know word. what you mean, definitely. And
0: then when you learn the language, you wouldn't use these things. Like when you're talking in English, you're like, Oh yeah, literally that happened. And basically, but when mm-hmm. someone Because maybe learning the language to just go straight to the point.
1: And another thing as well. That's what
0: I wanted to talk about, actually. You do want to say first or?
1: No, just real quick is that Mm -hmm. we're talking about European languages, which I feel like very interrelated. I mean, English, French and Spanish have links to Latin. But if you were to learn Tagalog, well, Tagalog has a little bit of Spanish in it. But if you were learning Mandarin, let's say, It's a completely different way of thinking. Like the structure is just so far away from these languages, Indo-European languages that we know, that you just have to change your mindset completely. And yeah, I really wanted to talk about, I don't know if this Mm -hmm. is what you were referring to, Moni, but I'll finish to,
0: yep. I'll I'll just quickly finish with what I was saying. So- go ahead. We'll probably link it all together because everything that we're going to say is related, but- I think that when we speak in a different language, so for example, we're learning French, we're probably a lot more direct in how we speak and we probably don't use, as you were saying, these little words here and there, um, like interconnected words, and we're probably more direct, whereas in English, we're probably more... Mm, ...washy-washy or a little bit polite. more polite... And there's a different personality to us. I know that when I speak in Spanish, I'm a lot more direct. My tone is completely different. In English, I sound more polite. I sound more, yeah, like we use sorry a lot in this UK oh culture, don't we? We use sorry we all do. the time. In Spain, when someone, you know, what's actually shocking because I used to not find people who said, obviously in Spain, no one says sorry <laughs> most of the time. And now when if I'm in Spain or I talk to a Spanish person and they don't say sorry it kind of shocks me it's like a culture shock almost I'm like oh my god they're so rude they didn't say sorry but when we were living in Spain it was just normal no one said sorry even if you're on the train and someone like scrapes by and hits you in the knee or whatever no one says sorry whereas here someone literally touches you a little bit and they're like
1: oh sorry yeah I feel like no I need to clarify like we're not saying Spanish people are rude like no no, no 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 it's basically yeah they will apologize but they're not excessive as people here in in Britain do like here someone would be oh I'm sorry so sorry sorry so sorry and I feel like 100% I relate to that money when I went to Germany it was like Germans are um there's it was obviously a stereotype but they're known for being quite direct and to the point and I remember just feeling like oh my god these people are like just so rude all the time and A friend of mine was like oh don't take it personally like it's just the way that they are and I just kind of had to wire my brain into that thinking like it's not personal don't take it personal they're just you know saying stuff without all the sorry sorry and I definitely feel comfortable with all the sorry 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 because I've kind of grown up around it now Mm -hmm. but I do sometimes look back like look at it from uh, uh, objectively and think oh my god this is actually really excessive (laughs) um (laughs) Um but no I do agree as well with when I speak in Spanish I'm so much more fiery loud yeah I speak really really quickly so there's um Ooh, two yeah. women at my work who are from Spain and they don't come in every day they will come like once a week and when we speak in the kitchen we're just like ba <laughs> like, <that was> <laughs> so and true, everyone's looking at us like, what happened
0: <laughs> yeah it's Spani- i don't know if it's like spanish people or the spanish language that's just quicker but whenever i speak spanish everyone tells me you speak so quickly mm-hmm. and i think that's true i don't know if the um, sort of when you speak spanish it just rolls off the tongue a lot easier than english perhaps
1: yeah the Not sounder sure. um i guess because there's um this is just my observation i guess consonant vowel consonant vowel it's easier to pronounce Ah, so it's true. easier to say it quickly, whereas in English, there's a lot of just lots of consonants muddled together and it's just harsher to pronounce sometimes. So it's difficult to say it all in one go. And really quickly. Yeah. You have to take pauses in English yeah, <laughs> to breathe. <laughs> but to anyway, breathe, um, so. so what I wanted to do, you, did you want to add anything else, Moni? No, that was like Chris. Awesome. So what I wanted to talk about, I was talking about Mandarin being completely different to languages like Spanish or French. And I wanted to also talk about the benefits or the advantages of learning a language. So if you're sitting there listening and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, like, I really want to learn another language. How could this benefit your brain? You know, you'd be interested to know, hopefully. And because Moni and I speak three languages already, I personally feel like learning German has been such an easier process than it would have been otherwise if I was learning my my second like this had been my second language because I already can draw from English or French or Spanish even in thinking a different way from the way that I've been taught from since childhood if that makes sense and also it adds to the the fact that well German is a Germanic language English has some influence of um, Germanic in it but there are some similarities so it's not like I'm learning Hindi where it's completely different um but yeah so did you want to su- suggest what you think is good about speaking multiple languages money
0: yes I should we stick to for now I have a lot of advantages that I want to discuss but should we start with more neurological yeah advantages benefits so I think in terms of for your brain and benefit advantages for your brain I think it really does improve sort of your problem solving and being able to make decisions and being quicker on yeah just just decision making really because when you speak a different language you almost have to like do you not agree that it does help you with your decision making In what way language? do you mean
1: in which ways would you be better at making
0: decisions I feel like for example
1: do you know because I feel like I I would agree with it but I'm trying to think of a practical example maybe it helps you a lot with your mental capacity in terms of... Obviously, you need to learn a lot of vocabulary. So I think, do you wise, know what it is?
0: What I is think it? making connections in your brain. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Okay. Like making connections. Uh, sorry, I was trying to actually give an example. I was like, yeah, decision making, <laughs> but I, like, can you give an actual example? I think when it comes to making connections in your brain, for example, because I know Spanish, I have this sort of wider... Like I have another world in my brain, if that makes sense. So I'll try and actually sorry verbalize. it, it verbalizes <laughs> rather than, than make it super abstract i feel like i have three different worlds in my in my brain it's not just one world i have like the spanish world i have like the french world and i have the english world and i can jump in between worlds like if i don't know a, a word in, in english say i always use the same example <laughs> but illumination in english right we don't use that very often but in french you would say illumine and in spanish you would say iluminar so i just feel like i can jump from one brain to the other and be like okay this is how you say it in this language and then you also make connections i don't know if you know what i mean like yeah it's like they're all interconnected and i can th- i can think in spanish i can think in french i can think how does a spanish person think in this situation as how do I put myself in the shoes of a Spanish person from like, and this goes a little bit beyond the words, it goes sort of into more the culture, the way of life into how, yeah, it it goes a little bit deeper as, okay, I know these, these words, it goes into sort of, for me growing up in Spain how I've been surrounded by Spanish people the type of person that I am there the type of person that I am here in the UK the type of person that I am in France so that's what I was trying to mean by the three different sort of worlds and how I can see I'm talking to a French person my I will kind of jump into the French world and my brain won't be me talking from an English perspective I will try and adapt myself a little bit and be like oh okay I have this, I like, I can understand your viewpoint a little bit. I can understand your culture. If that makes any sense. That's really
1: beautifully. But if I'm trying to
0: talk to someone in Croatia, it's really difficult for me because I have no context at all of Croatian culture, Croatian language. So I really, really, really struggle to communicate with someone in their language and actually put myself and sort of not empathize, but I don't know what the right word is connect. but try and connect in a deeper level with this person because my brain I don't have that worldview in in sort of my neurological brain if that makes sense but I've experienced Spanish French and English in quite a deep sense I think because we have lived in these countries so I feel like I have more awareness Whereas, same, even with Italy even if I'm still learning it I don't have that sense of cultural awareness as much so I think that's the beauty of language learning, and also we'll get into this a little bit more into depth. But knowing the culture as well, and having lived in this country and talking to people from that country, because do you get what I'm talking about? I, I, I get what you mean. You abstract,
1: because that was such a good analysis, by the way. Like, especially being on the spot, like really, really <laughs> yeah, good. I did not prepare this, you guys. <laughs> this was on the spot. Really, really good, and I think that you hit the nail on the head here when you said that it matters a lot if you've been in the country because learning a language for example let's say I mean we're exposed a lot to American culture and you know we speak English but it's not the same at all living in the UK as it is living in the US culturally and when I went over to the States just for a few months you know when I when I lived there for two months and a half I got to really see it firsthand and I was like wow this is actually a bit of a culture shock and you know for example as you said being exposed to french culture you really see what they're like and how they behave and it goes further than the language itself mm. it's more about how there's this quote actually that I mean it's been quoted to Nelson Mandela but I don't think that's what exactly what he said um so the quote is something like um what was it something about it if was, you speak to someone
0: yeah it's if you talk to a man in a language he understands that goes to his head if you talk to him in his own language that goes to his heart
1: yeah which but, is so true yeah but actually oh, i've got it here so actually what he actually said he was saying because when you speak a language english well many people understand you including Afrikaners. but when you speak afrikaans you know you go straight to the hearts so he was this was like in an interview he did um or like um, an int- yeah they were recorded and basically they've I don't know who did this but like they've changed his quote to a- apply more to a wider Widely. group of people and that's why it's a misquote but the main message of this is that if you go abroad and say croatia for example like you said money you can speak to someone if they speak Croatian, you can communicate but you won't really understand them fully in the way that they live and the way the culture is if you speak to someone in their in their language where they're from like you just develop a, a connection that is so much deeper like i mean money money you said that we lived in france i guess you could consider i don't consider that we've lived in france like we spent a lot of time in france but we didn't live there. yeah not permanently live there exactly not
0: for a long period of time exactly but i still feel like
1: we've gotten good exposure to france and french culture and so when i met my friend um i just last year i just wanted to say
0: yeah it's not like we just went on holiday to france like we spent quite a lot of time which is why i'm like oh we lived there but we kind of yeah we spent so many years not permanently like we would go from Spain to France quite a lot during the weekends so we obviously throughout loads of years we got that exposure to French culture
1: exactly and also being in the, in the French school you know and learning from the French culture there but what I was saying is like just speaking to a friend of mine who's French when we met it was very like we could feel that connection just because I could speak in his native language and English being his second language, I mean, he speaks English, but it's not that fluent. And so, just being able to express himself in his native language for me to understand and reply like that just helps you have that bond and a deeper bond. Really understand what this person is about, their dreams and goals, etc. Just creates such a stronger relationship. And yeah,
0: definitely. going
1: back to what we were talking about, the neurological adv- uh, advantages. feel like going back to those connections it's not only the connections that you have on your brain but the connections you have with people around you
0: beautifully said yeah love that
1: what else do we have money what else is important and so there are
0: many 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 other advantages that i'd like to discuss first of all there is so actually Yeah. In terms of what we discussed, um, you know, knowing another language when you're traveling, such a major advantage. If you're going on holiday somewhere and, you know, say you're going to Turkey and you know Turkish, it's such a major advantage. You're not having to, you know, speak English to someone else and then expect them to try and understand your language when you're in their country. You know, it's better to know their language. So a a huge benefit there. Yeah.
1: I just wanted to say real quick as well. We're not saying that, oh, if you want to go on holiday to Turkey, you want to go on holiday to Croatia, you have to learn the language. Like, oh, no. that is not practical. <laughs> so, what I would suggest I think- is just learn a few languages. Like, people really, really appreciate it when you go to that country by just saying thank you, hello. Yeah, how a few are words, you? you mean? Just a few words. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll really appreciate it. And some people will speak English and will make things easier. Other times, you have to talk through gestures. Maybe, get Google Translate to help you a little bit but it just creates that bond you know if you if you speak to someone in their own native tongue and it means something to them that's more
0: definitely I think yeah I think it's really special just knowing a couple of words as Chris said but I think it's also important like when we go on holiday not to expect for everyone to speak English because we are almost made to believe like everyone has to speak English and as much as it's great if people can speak the same language because you can communicate you can't expect you know a lot of people go to Spain they're like oh why are these people not speaking English well you're in Spain they speak Spanish (laughs) like you know it's the same thing if someone goes to Scotland and speaks Hindi and they're like why do they not speak Hindi well you're in Scotland (laughs) yeah
1: yeah I was gonna say something I had this debate with a friend once and I was so against what she said so basically she was saying that she went to the ski resort in France. She's Italian, by the way. And she was she was really offended that they didn't speak English. And they're like, oh, typical French, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you're in France. Like, what do you expect? And she's like, yeah, but it's like, they expect tourists to come. Like, I feel like, yes, if the, but it's, it's up to the business as in the ski resort or the hotel if they want to be more accommodating to people, they will learn English and that will bring a better business to them, but they shouldn't feel forced. Like if you don't want to, you don't want to. I mean, yes, maybe you'll earn less money, but why do you have to be forced here in France? That is the native language there. What are your thoughts?
0: 100%. No, I definitely agree. I think it's up to say the hotel or the business or whatever to decide. Like obviously it would be a smarter move for people to know English because they're going to, chat, so many more tourists into their resort but at the same time there's no why should they learn English like what if they want to learn Chinese as well like what why does it have to be English that is being learned just because of you that are coming here do you know what I mean
1: no and I like, mean I speak- mean no English makes sense because it's widely spoken like it's not I like know, she was but- asking them to speak Italian but at the same time Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting debate.
0: I just feel like a lot of people have this expectation that everywhere they go, if you, I know, Chris, when you went to China and you were struggling because no one spoke English, it's like you feel as though everyone should speak English. Do you know what I mean? So mm, I understand. I understand where she was coming from. But at the same time, I think that we should... I think me coming from my perspective, from knowing these three languages... Because I know other languages, I'm like, well, like when I go to Croatia, I don't expect, I'm using, I keep using Croatia. (laughs) Okay, if I went to Estonia, I wouldn't expect everyone to speak English to me. You know what I mean? Like I would expect for them to speak Estonian. And then if they speak English, that's great. But there is also, you know, language in terms of, language doesn't come, doesn't only have to come through variable vocabulary. It can also come through gestures, through body language. And that is a very powerful way of communicating as well, which we haven't mentioned. You know, when you're talking to someone and you're in Estonia and they don't speak a word of English, that doesn't mean that there has to be a huge barrier. You can ask for the supermarket by using your hands and saying you want to eat and then they'll think okay maybe they're referring to a restaurant or they're referring to somewhere they can get food so they will direct you they will you know put their hand in a direction and and tell you where to go and you don't use any words but it's great because it's the power of It's a verbal language. Uh, Sorry, it's a worldwide language being able to use your hand
1: gestures. And uh, yeah, there's other ways of communicating. No, I feel like this just reminded me of our mom. So our mom is amazing when it comes to communicating without speaking the language. Like I know I wasn't there, but I heard, was it when you guys were in Georgia? She was like speaking to this Russian woman who didn't speak English and they were just speaking with their hands and like gestures and stuff. (laughs) And then- um, I mean, to be fair- yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I think you know? she's uh, every time. I i can't remember the specific example, but I do remember her like, I know when we go traveling, she's really good at, I think just putting on a smile on your face and looking happy and looking, that is super, like you radiate so much through just a smile because you could use your hand gestures, but if you look grumpy, that tells a lot. And just your overall sense of being and your overall body language is definitely huge over what you say. I think, actually, sorry, this is a completely different topic, but I read a statistic about what leaders say and why leaders are good leaders. And it's not because of what they say, it's because of how they say it. And it's also because of how they carry themselves and the the body body posture and hand gestures and all those sorts of things. Because someone could say powerful words I mean, for example, let's be honest, let's take politicians here. They can say a lot of garbage, (laughs) but they will say in such a convincing way, in such a powerful way that they make us believe that things are true just because of how they say it. So I think, again, with taking languages, it doesn't really matter I mean, it's great if you know the language, but again, I think there has to be a big emphasis on on how you say it and and how you and your body posture and everything, which I've said <laughs> many times. But uh, yeah, yeah I, think- I just
1: Googled this really quickly, Money, um before I we go on. So it says basically uh, most experts agree that 70 to 93 percent of all communication is nonverbal that's a lot yeah
0: so it's very <laughs> I don't think many people are aware of this but I was listening po- listened to it, po- uh, listening to a podcast I would love to link it up below but it was a couple of years ago I listened to it and it really shocked me I was like damn actually I love the communication it doesn't come through variable communication it comes through many other forms of communication actually So
1: quite interesting. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to, I was talking about her mom earlier. And another example that came to mind was when I went with um I was with her in this hotel in in Turkey. And she was trying to ask for like a place to eat. So she was like gesturing, like bring her fingers to her mouth, like kind of mimicking. Um, eating and then she wanted to ask for extra towels so she was like putting like her head like oh, like, <laughs> washing her you know and it was just really funny and I was like what are you doing but it worked you know <laughs> and sometimes we're just ashamed to be to make a fool of ourselves and I think this is a really important point when it comes to language which is don't be afraid of making mistakes because through those those mistakes is how you learn and how you progress at an even faster rate I feel like Personally, that's something that's stopping me from progressing in my language, in my German language learning, which is, oh, I need to make sure that, oh, my grammar is correct before I say something, blah, blah, blah. But that is hindering my progress because I'm not going to say it perfect in the first go. Like, no, you, it's just a matter of trying to say, like we said before, I want eating, you know, like <laughs> I, I want eating English, but at least someone will understand what you're trying to convey. And it can be for a language that you're trying to learn. it can be if you know a few words but that you learn on your Facebook on your way to a new holiday destination. those things will help you. It's not only about being nice to locals, which is such an important reason, but also help you you know have a better trip and maybe like
0: yeah.
1: just that connection like I was I remember I was staying in this hotel and I I was. I realized the receptionist was Spanish, and I started speaking to him in Spanish, and he gave me a room upgrade. <laughs> so it was just like you know when you speak to people in their language, like it just sometimes it makes it. Yeah.
0: And I really like what the example you gave because you don't have to be, as you said, an expert, and you don't have to be fluent. Like you can just talk to someone, and most people that speak that language are going to be so nice. They're not going to say, "Oh, you said that wrong," and if they say it, it's going to be constructive criticism they'll be like, oh, you could wear this this way. They won't be rude about it. And they won't be like, I don't understand what you're saying,
1: you know? I mean, to be honest, now I just thought about that. And like, ideally, that is what you want to believe. But from my experience, Have you had any bad experiences? No, 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 not bad. But I feel like, depends on what country, like I feel like in a lot of the, a lot of countries where, English is really widely spoken. Say the Scandinavian countries, Germany, their English is quite good. Um, normally, especially in big cities, obviously, perhaps not so much in rural areas. I would try to say something in German, but they would just switch to English because they would be so mm. comfortable with it. And it just makes it so difficult to practice because they'd be like, oh, just English. Like, why are you even trying? You know, and it feels a bit disheartening or not oh. disheartening, Sorry, discouraging. That would be the word. Yeah that's but, true actually. oh well try anyway or try and, and go into the into the countryside perhaps <laughs> to yeah, try, try language
0: <laughs> so Chris I think we've mentioned about the advantages of language learning so hopefully we've offered why it's important to speak another language or why we think it is and do you have any other advantages because I wanted to yeah on to- I also
1: wanted to talk about like bilingualism itself so I I saw this I was looking up some info before the episode today and I looked up um the effect that bilingualism has on our brains and I've watched a few videos before I wish I had taken notes it was just many years ago but basically this particular study is called bilingualism consequences for brain for mind and brain by Helen Bialystok, Fergus, I am Craig and Gigi Luke. And there's this, um, I'm just gonna read an extra excerpt from the conclusion of this study. And their conclusion was that lifelong experience is managing attention to two languages, reorganizing in managing, sorry, I'll say that again. Our conclusion is that lifelong experience in managing attention to two languages, reorganizes specific brain networks, creating a more effective basis for executive control and sustaining better cognitive performance throughout the lifespan. So that really sums up what we were discussing before in terms of having better network connections in our brains. And in many ways, it as I said, it also improves our memory because you have to <laughs> store a lot of vocabulary in all of these different languages. And if you forget one word in the other, in one language, you'll maybe try and find it in the other one and try to translate it back. Um, you're also more flexible in your in your way of thinking because you know that it's not, things are not just limited to your language. I feel like um, we've maybe talked about this uh, study in a previous episode, but it was about how some languages don't, maybe tribal languages, um, I can't remember where it was, but maybe some tribe in, in Southern Africa, I can't remember. Maybe I'm making this up completely. Double check <laughs> that. <laughs> but um, the point is, that they didn't have different words for green and blue. You know, and then you're thinking, it just changes so completely. I also heard, these are just myths now because I don't have the data to back it up, so I would suggest you back it up yourself. But I was speaking to uh, a girl I met who was a polyglot, and she was saying that some words in Japanese, they, you describe, like, you have an ending to the word uh, depending on shape, I don't know if this is true. I need to look it up. But oh. I found that, like, if that's true, that is something really c- curious because you don't think that way at all in English, you know? It's even, like, small things. Like, for example, in Spanish, you have... The word house is casa. But you can have casita, mm-hmm. casucha. You ha- you can have, like, endings to the word casa that describe the, the house. So, like... Casita is a small house. Casuta is like, um, uh, like a rundown house, kind of thing, or house. Yeah. Like and it changes your understanding of the world around you by learning more than one language. Would
0: you definitely. agree, Money?
1: No, definitely.
0: And I also wanted to quote, uh, I think, uh, maybe I'm not sure if you've heard of this quote, but it's by Ludwig Wittgenstein. I really struggle to say his name. The limits of my language mean the limits of my world. And I think this is so true because as you were saying in the in the language that you were saying earlier, the tribal language, I'm not sure where it was from, but they didn't have a different word for English uh, for blue and green. Therefore, they wouldn't be able to they, they would maybe have the same word or they wouldn't be able to differentiate between the two. And again, if there's not a word for something in that language, it's difficult to actually be aware of that word or that that concept exists for example when we we're reading the book alonement I don't think that was a word before but then Francesca Spector came up with that word alonement so that's a new sort of concept that you know but there are many there are many other words there that don't, don't exist or that we don't know and therefore we can't our worldview can be limited because we don't have this vocabulary to actually express that. And the same thing I think links in with, for example, the being able to communicate our, our feelings and how we like describing our feelings. If we don't have the vocabulary necessary to describe how we actually feel, it's really hard because some people might think, Oh, I'm feeling depressed or, Oh, I'm feeling sad but they might be feeling agitated, they might be feeling angry, or they might be feeling, um, I don't know, other different feelings that they just don't know are there. There is actually a wheel that talks about different types of feelings, and you have the more general ones, like sad, anger, happiness, and then you go into, like, different sections. And it's yeah, kind if of, you want it, to know a-
1: more about it, I suggest you listen to the episode we did on personality types. i Yes, I definitely think we talked about definitely, it and
0: I think it links in quite well, doesn't it, with the whole language? Because at the end of the day, I think that's why I love language learning because again, it kind of expands your worldview as well because you get to know a little bit more about the world because you know these different languages, these different languages in a way. So because I don't know Mandarin, I'm quite limited and I don't know much about, say, the Chinese culture, and my worldview can be is definitely way more limited
1: exactly um, it's like yeah. i just ha- come up with an example the word "fika" in swedish um i was learning swedish at a point you know i've just been dubbing in and out different languages <laughs> it's basically like this um time of the day where you have like cinnamon rolls and maybe a coffee as an attitude that an important part of swedish culture where they have this time to just share with friends and just have a little something to eat and we don't have that word in English. I mean, or in yeah, Spanish. like for example,
0: siesta. Siesta yeah. is more like, you know, the time where you rest after after lunch and you sleep and you take a nap. You don't have that in in English really. Or for I just thought of the word Modorra, for example. I think it means food coma. Yeah. Is that, okay, so there, there is a word
1: for it. Okay. Or two yeah, words.
0: A, <laughs> two words. But I'm trying to think of other words in Spanish that you actually don't have in English.
1: Where people have asked me, must be so many. Be so many. Yeah. yeah, I think a, a friend of mine showed me this book that will, had Spanish expressions, and I was like translating them literally to English, and they sounded so funny because they didn't make any sense, but in Spanish it makes all sense. I'm sure we'll, yeah. we would be able to come up with them. It's just like off the top of my head. There, kind
0: of... I just thought of something very random, but you know the the tongue twister. Mm. Oh wait, actually, would that make sense? You know the French one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It's like a I mean it does make sense if you translate it in English. If, you're, si, if, if your, ton, your uncle um hangs your Tonton.
1: What's Tonton? Tonton.
0: it's not um what is Tonton
1: again? I literally forgot. <laughs> look it up but um no definitely and there's just so many little things like this that are just yeah so relatable did you did you find it uh
0: yeah tonton is uncle i think yeah tonton's uncle yeah mm, okay so maybe it's like if your uncle hangs your uncle what surely not yeah did, did you look it up I looked it up and it says, because I know ton, si ton ton ton. Oh yes, si ton ton ton, ton ton ton, ton 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 sera tendu. Yeah.
1: Your uncle and your uncle,
0: your uncle will be hanged. You will be hanged, yes.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's literally yeah. That's literally it. So random. But anyway, yeah. So I guess we kind of summed up most of the... Um, benefits, so better memory, better also long term memory. I feel like it helps a lot with, you know, because you oh, need to.
0: Sorry, sorry, sorry. If your uncle shaves your uncle, your uncle will be shaved by your uncle. But I thought ton was like tendre to ton to hang. No, mm. maybe it's also shave, isn't it? To hang. Tendre. Oh, it's pendre, to hang.
1: I swear, I thought. Maybe because you're thinking of Spanish, you're like, tender. No, but did you not
0: think. Uh, yeah, I, would, I
1: would have thought what? so. You know, because we're like, like thinking in French and Spanish. Now, my like, way, I was going to reply to you in Spanish, like this, how confusing you. <laughs> this is being known. No. <laughs> you guys, I thought ton was tendre,
0: tende, Okay. To hang something, no? I didn't know it
1: was shape oops well now now you know now you know (laughs) now you know but uh yeah okay so also we wanted to talk about why learn a new language as well like what what's the point right so we talked about it because it helps you have a deeper connection to people friends locals when you go visit a family etc there's a study that was made actually like 10 years ago now I can't believe 2012 was 10 years ago that's madness Um, and it was asking people when do you regularly use your second language if they speak more than one and this was a survey made in, in the European Union and the top scoring answers were number one on holiday abroad so as I said, if you go to a country and you want to speak to people there, that's mostly when you would use it. Second is if you want to watch films, TV or TV or listen to the radio in another language. I feel like I adore watching films subtitled. Um, mm. So I've been watching a lot of K-drama, I mean a lot. I just finished watching this K-drama, which <laughs> is really long. So maybe that's why I felt like a lot. Um, I finished watching this K-drama and I just love being so immersed into the culture and even you know, some sometimes I notice myself instead of saying yeah, I'm like mm. because I feel like Koreans say don't use words; they just go mm, mm-mm. You know, yeah. like
0: <laughs>
1: that happens you know, with
0: with Filipinos. It'll be like yeah, mm-mm. That's true, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it's it? A, they so use true. their. It's called nuso, like their nuso. So when you know when they go
1: oh, with like pointing with the lips. Pointing with, pointing, lips, pointing, pointing, pointing with your lips. Sorry, you finger. can't see
0: you guys, but you're going <laughs> like that with your lips. So you're pointing with your lips and you're pointing, going in that direction. Mm-mm. Like, mm-mm. So yeah, so, so they point something. because we need, to talk this, we need to talk about this as well. But in different cultures, if you're pointing with your finger, it might be seen as rude. But in other cultures, if you point with your finger, that's completely normal. So yeah. it's also about understanding that because you don't know that unless you know the culture. So yes. yeah,
1: and I would suggest if you're traveling somewhere do a little bit of research because I when I was traveling to Thailand I was looking up some videos etc and yes it is seen as impolite to point with your finger uh, what you are suggested to do is sort of show things with your whole hand open like yeah. your palm up like oh this is this monument or this is that instead of just pointing with your finger which is
0: yeah whereas i think in filipino culture i mean i don't want to say maybe it's just our family but they use their finger a lot to point (laughs) so yeah it varies a lot uh from country to country for sure
1: yeah so that that is the second one and then third one would be to browse the internet um maybe you're reading a different blog post or watching a YouTube video, or whatever. Fourth one is communicating with friends. And the fifth one is conversation, conversations at work, either face to face, telephone, et cetera. Or I mean yes. Zoom nowadays <laughs> and, and Microsoft Teams. Um, so yeah, Moni, when when do you feel like you'd use your Italian the most? Like what what is the reason for you to want to learn Italian? What's your motivation? So I think
0: my first, well, my first motivation was because I wanted to go to Italy and I wanted to talk to people in Italy but also because it's the easiest language to learn after the ones that I know because it's so closely linked to Spanish already and there's a lot of similarities I feel like learning Italian would be a plus and it wouldn't be too difficult to learn just because already it's so similar to Spanish so I think that was my main motivation first of all so I think yeah mainly it would be communicating if i'm on holiday or if i were to ever move to italy for see this is what to.
1: we i think we talked about something to do with purpose on a previous episode it wasn't just the one that we recorded uh the first one of the season and do you think that's a strong enough motivator i mean i'm not trying to like expose you here but no do you no, think no no maybe no that's why very you haven't good point. been studying therefore, as much.
0: that's why I haven't kept it up yeah it's so true let's be honest here <laughs> I mean like
1: because I, yeah, I, I personally had feel
0: motivator yeah. I would therefore keep it up but because the motivation is a little bit lagging there well yeah I mean because there's not a strong sense of purpose as to why I'm learning language it's a little bit harder for me to keep up as opposed to say the gym that I gave in the previous in the Two episodes, two episodes ago, is my my motivation is a lot stronger for that, so I'm able to
1: keep consistent with it. Exactly because I feel like, I mean, again, I don't want to expose you, but um, go ahead. Saying that, you know, you just want to learn a language because it's easy. Like, you could learn Portuguese, you can learn Italian. Like, it doesn't have that personalized reasoning behind it. You know, you could be learning anything like might as well just and then it doesn't have a you don't have a goal in terms of like why okay yes I'm learning a new language but why am I going to use it for just because so I can say that I can speak in a lang- new language like what is the practical use of it and like for example Arabic like I feel like that one there's a bigger like a stronger reasoning behind it because you say so you yeah, speak to yeah, your friends true. in Arabic a little bit so I feel like you already have Someone who can yeah, learn, I do think I, I have a stronger purpose. drive for Arabic
0: because I do hope to perhaps maybe move to the Middle East in future. So there is kind of that bigger motivator for me in terms yeah. of Arabic and also like important people in my life speak Arabic. So I'm like, okay, I want to be closer to them and therefore know the language as opposed to Italian. I don't have anyone immediately obviously in jail, my friend, she speaks Italian and I would love to talk to her, which would be really cool. But I think definitely I agree in that sense that I am lacking a little bit in the why. And it's a good, it's a good point that I, I mentioned it because we can ask, you can kind of ask me and I'm like, oh, yeah, so true. That's why I haven't kept it up. So I think the stronger the why for something, the more likely you're, you're going to stick to it. So either I need to make my why for Italian stronger or I need to find a way of either continuing with it or maybe learning another language.
1: Yeah. But um yeah. no, I'm saying that because I've tried and I mean I was gonna say fail, not really failed, just kind of left. I tried to learn Italian by myself when I was at my first year of uni. And I remember picking up books from the library, like learning it, etc. Like I really enjoyed it, but I didn't really have much motivation. I just found my first main motivations where I love. I loved or love uh, Marco Mengoni, who's an Italian um, singer, and I would just love his lyrics, and I'd be like, "Oh, I really want to lo- know what he says." Mm. And then I just found it like a beautiful language, but I wasn't thinking of moving to Italy, speaking to anyone yeah. Italian, etc. So yes, I did keep it up for a while, but mm, wasn't strong enough. I think but, I think yeah. for me,
0: it's just a fun activity. It's just like a fun little thing to do. Like yeah. you know, I could go. And do pottery painting, but I don't want to actually dedicate my life or get and or, or or upskill or get better at pottery painting. I'm just doing it for fun. So I think the Italian for me is just like a fun little thing to do.
1: Yeah. No, I when I, I like, see.
0: Oh, I have a bit of time. I want to yeah. learn Italian rather than oh, let's get serious about this.
1: No, definitely. Like I have found that with my learning of languages where am i duolingo i've tried every single language that there is (laughs) different varied variations of um dedication to them but i know that i'm doing my german religiously and and i still have to do by the way after the podcast but (laughs) um what did i try to learn afterward after italian i tried to learn oh japanese i actually signed up to japanese classes at uni and I had to drop off because I was oversubscribing myself to so much, so many things. And I was like, okay, this cannot be a priority right now. Like my degree is more important. Um, and so, yeah, I had to give it up, which was really unfortunate because I really enjoyed it. But again, I didn't really have a strong motivator. Like I just really liked the way it sounded, etc. I had studied it a little bit when I was younger. So I already had the bases. Like I know hiragana. I know certain I, I can pronounce it fine it's fine but yeah it, it wasn't strong enough and now with the german it's actually interesting because i wouldn't say my my why is very very strong so what's driving me is more my discipline
0: <laughs> yeah
1: what did you say like sorry? the consistency the consistency the discipline just having that routine that habit that i've made for myself and to be honest i do hope to live in germany uh one point in the future having lived in germany already i feel like yeah like i've already exposed the culture to a degree and i would love to experience it experience it again i feel like i've had a little sneak peek but it hasn't been that in depth and at the same time because of my line of work there's a lot of projects that are germany based so that is in a way motivating me because i know that will open up my opportunities in my in my job so I feel like there's a stronger reason for me to learn the language even though it's not you know oh I need to move to Germany in two months I need to do an intensive course right now that's why I've taken a more relaxed approach to the learning yeah makes sense yeah um but no like funnily, <laughs> I remember one time I was just um randomly looking to learn some russian and i was like oh i'm gonna listen to a little bit of this video and it was like a 40 minute video and i watched the whole thing because it was just really exciting i was like wow i love Cyrillic! like this is so cool um so yeah a bit of language learns i mean i am anyway um i was trying to I've, i have started listening to this podcast um on my walks and um, this tagalog podcast oh
0: what is it called i might have actually listened to it i can't remember
1: uh, chris is the, the same- guy who talks Oh grades?
0: okay, because I have subscribed I to an it. Arabic and a Tagalog one.
1: Can't yeah. remember what what is your one called? I will need to look it up. I will look it up as well. Yeah, look it below. Excellent. Um, but, but yeah, and interestingly, because our mum's mother tongue is not Tagalog, mm-hmm. right? Like that's her second language. Yeah. We only like we. Only heard her speak on the phone, like say with her siblings, etc., with her family members, in her, re- like in the regional language where she's from, yes right? So now that I'm trying, when I'm trying to learn Tagalog, it's not like, oh yeah, I recognize this from hearing, because I've never heard it, you know. Yeah. And while I want to learn her mom's native language, I feel like it's not as useful. It's like learning Basque, like it would be really beautiful, exactly. But practically, I feel like learning Tagalog as in Filipino for those of you if you don't know like the Philippines national language there's so many people so many like the population of the Philippines is huge and then there's such a great diaspora of Filipinos all around the world I feel like learning Tagalog which will be so much more useful in that sense and again to, to be able to talk to people um, and so I have that kind also, of conundrum.
0: it would also connect us better to our family members because obviously a lot of them speak English so it's fine but it's still we can't get that deeper connection and that deeper bond with them because we don't speak in their language whereas our mother can because they just talk and talk and talk and they get each other whereas for us it's a bit limited and it's a bit superficial maybe like more surface level conversation
1: perhaps it's true yeah yeah like when I say some stuff and in in Tagalog even yeah like I don't even know what I'm saying like just some random words I learned and they're just like really (laughs) happy you know
0: yeah (laughs) it's just so nice right so I think to wrap up I want to start discussing a little bit about language learning tips and how you can because I know Chris you mentioned why we should learn the language so we spoke about the advantages and now kind of practical scenarios where you can where a language is useful and now I want to talk a little bit about language learning tips so I'm just going to fire on so first of all I think one of the useful tips can be listening to an audiobook and you can get some free I know there's loads of YouTubers that have you know free trials and whatnot this, this uh, podcast isn't sponsored so we don't have a free audio, uh, audiobook for you guys but I I did have one for Italian which I would listen to on my Alexa. So if you have a speaker or an Alexa, you can just, you know, listen to your audiobook. It doesn't have to be an a, an Audible. It can be, you know, a YouTube video uh, when you're maybe tidying up or organizing or cleaning, and you can just have it in the background. And I really like the one by Paul Noble. Wait, no way. Was that the one you listened to? Yes. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good because he kind of. It's a really good way for you to learn. It's not passive. Like he guides you through scenarios and he has many different chapters and then he'll take lessons from previous chapters onto the chapters later down in the book. And it's quite useful because you have a him as the English translator and they have an Italian translator and she guides you through and it's really useful and I think the examples they give are also more practical they're not random it's like how to order a coffee or how to get train ticket
1: so I I really like that I think it's quite useful I wonder if the Italian one was the same one so I listened to the that book but in German with Paul Noble as well and I I remember listening to the whole thing right before my semester abroad in Germany And it was so helpful like obviously I wasn't conversational whatsoever when I went to Germany I didn't speak any German I only really started learning German once I had left Germany actually but in recognizing different words and recognizing sounds it was really helpful because he used space repetition and mm-hmm. would teach you start teaching you words especially in in the German one that were really similar to English to ease you into the German because that's what a he lot does in the Italian right okay yes okay. it's Amazing. so
0: good it's so so good yeah. so for
1: example habe like mm-hmm. the verb to have, like to have, have, habit. Habit. like they're very similar. So you already know that one. And then they, they would in, introduce even harder ones that are more se- different, but it's still quite similar. And yeah, eventually he would ask you to say one sentence that have, have all these words. And then the next one would be a variation of that sentence. And so you'd know how to variate or vary, sorry, the sentence does that make sense with yes that makes sense because
0: i listened to this italian one it completely makes sense and i think he has many other languages i think he has spanish as well maybe french so definitely recommend to you guys if you're you know starting a new language to check out his books for sure
1: one other one i really like is the coffee break languages oh yes is mad oh he's so sweet is this guy coffee break Scotland. i actually you know yes yeah, so you know i actually have a friend
0: maria um, maria um, oh what was her surname sorry this friend from uni she i forgot her surname sorry but she actually works for coffee break languages and it's super cool i actually i think i sent the guy a message asking if i could work at coffee break languages but i don't think they had any vacancies available because I did want to work for them. So cool. yeah, they're super cool.
1: Yeah, and basically what I, I used to listen to this, but my German, maybe I know I should listen to it because it wasn't good enough before, but they have these um, podcast episodes where they review a piece of text and then they have a native speaker and then they sort of deconstruct. So he's trying, what's his name? Mark, is that his name? Yes, I think. So Mark is, Mark is name, trying yeah. to decipher what is being said in the text by his sort of knowledge and then the native speaker tries to help him like oh this means that blah blah and it just mm-hmm. takes you along which is quite good if you're if you're quite not like fluent obviously but like if you know I think it's like an intermediate level for German I feel mm-hmm. like the Spanish one maybe is more basic you'd have to look at depending on what language you're trying yeah. to learn. but they've got Swedish they've got Mandarin they've got French so really really good resource as well yeah, definitely. So
0: the next one for language learning tips is one that I've actually introduced into my life very recently. And that is if you know someone at uni or at work that speaks that the first language say is Spanish or French or Mandarin or Croatian, whatever it may be speak to them in that language if that's the language that you want to improve on. Obviously it's a little bit harder if you have no knowledge at all in the language whatsoever and you can't hold a conversation then perhaps ask them if they have a bit of time. Maybe you can do a little bit of language exchange if they want to learn English and they can give you a bit of time for you to learn their language then that's great but for example in my work there's someone you that is French and actually she's half French half Scottish but her obviously her English is perfect like she's native English um. so she obviously she won't need a language exchange but for me it's particularly helpful to practice my French so I just asked her like hey would you want to practice French with me and she was happy to do so so now we're going to just talk French and I said even if my French is horrific I'm just going to go for it and that way have someone to talk French to so I think that's a great way to practice for sure because you it's a lot easier than you know having to go to the country say me having to fly over to fr- France to talk to someone native there and again with what I was saying I think language classes as well, as well are really helpful I know a lot of universities have them but if you're not at uni and you're actually working I know there's plenty for example in Glasgow there's a lot of language classes so I'm sure in your city there there will be some as well And I think if you want to get a little bit more serious with your language learning and you don't want to just stick to conversational, I think taking If you're at university, I remember taking a free class. Um, It was kind of more intensive French classes. And that was pretty useful because I obviously had a teacher and it was scheduled classes every single week. I think it was maybe twice or once a week. And it was particularly helpful for that because you have to go through textbooks and exams and all that kind of stuff. But If you're not at uni, then I think joining maybe an online class or an in-person class, more of like an intensive, say maybe like an eight week or 12 week course is particularly helpful because it keeps you more accountable rather than saying, oh, well, I'm just gonna learn it in my free time. It's quite useful. Like for example, if you're going, you know, to the gym and you wanna get a PT, it's quite useful to maybe have, he might set you up on like an eight week plan or a 12 week plan. I mean, it's a bit controversial because some people say, no, like fitness is lifelong and you shouldn't have eight week and 12 week plans. But, you know, it it works for people. So, again, eight week, 12 week classes could work for you as well if you want to kickstart in your in your learning career.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's nothing wrong with having eight week, 12 week plans, like as long as they help you get started, because I feel like. Yes. The hardest part is to get started once you feel comfortable enough to take it on on your own. You, maybe you won't need that PT, you won't need that teacher. You can just learn exactly. But to get started f- the very beginning, it's just where did I even begin? You know, like what how what resources can I use? What do I do? So it's helpful to have that extra help. Yeah, not exactly
0: 100%. And as Chris mentioned earlier, like for example, it's particularly helpful to know a language when you're watching a film. And again, you can learn a language by watching films in their native language. Say you're watching a Korean drama, don't watch in English, watch in Korean with English subtitles. And I remember someone I was talking to, one of my friends, I was like, Oh, so you watch Casa de Favel, La Casa de Favel. And they were like, Yeah, I watch it in English. And I was like, No, don't watch it in English. Like, the doves are so bad. And then my other friends were like, Yeah, watch it in Spanish. Like, it's so much better because you can actually see, like, the character come across way more. Like you just feel the emotion, the emotion come across through the screen and the character in their element, as opposed to English when it's just a dub, and it's just you can, the the message is not transmitted the same way. I feel like, oh. and, and also the exact what I've same noticed, thing Korean,
1: yeah, and also I've noticed when I was watching like I said, Papel that a lot of expressions just were so lost in the subtitles because. They make maybe a reference to Spanish politics or Spanish pop culture, and like obviously, you, how do you convey that into English? Like it's not easily portrayed, so it just gives you a really plain translation, and it's like, oh, you just missed the whole joke, you know? And even if it was translated like word by word, you wouldn't understand it because you don't have that reference to the pop culture, political reference, etc. And I found um, I was watching a sort of what is it called analysis video of Parasite mm-hmm. the Korean film yeah Oscar. and it talked about one of the scenes where they they say in the subtitles oh um you know I mean I don't want to spoil the film for those who haven't seen it but this is all only at the other start so basically there's a university and they refer to the university as Oxford University but it's actually the top university in South Korea but they mm. put oxford university in the subtitles so that people understand the level of how like highly ranked this university is yeah but because if you hear oh i don't know what the top university is in south korea but if you hear xyz university you'll be like oh what does that mean you don't really understand the impact of oh wow they they are really well educated Mm, yeah mm -hmm. that's a good example yeah definitely i feel like obviously yes you you learned you'll learn the the language but if you don't speak it, you miss a lot of the info, which I mean, it's totally fine. It's impossible to learn every language in the world. But yeah, just another advantage. Exactly. <laughs> and
0: another one that I wanted to say, I think this one occurred to me because when I was younger, I played, I don't know if you remember this, it was a video game and it was in German. And I remembered Kravate. I'm sorry, my pronunciation is horrific. How do you say it, Chris? Kravate. Kravate and I just remember that because it was a game in German and it would be um, you had to dress up the character and then they would tell you oh cravate," and then the other the other clothes items of clothing which I literally can't remember anymore but that popped up, popped up in my head because I was like it's actually really useful playing if you're into video games and it's what you do and you want to learn a language just play a video game in that language because you're going to learn so much I think just from like the storyline and so on, or the different activities that the different activities that the game tells you to do. So I just thought that was a good one. And then the other one that I thought of was, which I did, I think, was it when I, I can't remember if I had it on French at one point, but this one was setting your phone settings to the language you want to learn. But obviously maybe make sure that you have a good <laughs> basis of the knowledge. You don't want to change the language and then not know how to go back <laughs> and you're stuck in the language I think this happened to me I don't that know That has happened to me before 100%. I think that happened to me like I literally changed language and then I was literally like oops I don't know how to go back <laughs> and change it so make sure you're like you know at a good level but I think it really helps because you know you're browsing you get to see like what everything means and I think it's a, a very useful tool so that's yeah. really
1: good I've never done that before I feel like yeah I'm just it would be too confusing for my brain like obviously it would help you but because you have to go through that struggle to learn like you, mm-hmm. you're just going to be uncomfortable especially if I do that with my German oh my god but my that's German the best enough. <laughs> that's the best though Maybe when you should do it actually because it will you're most force you you know if yeah. you
0: had German in your phone you have no other it. way I'll like you it. have to actually go Oh, settings, what do, how do you say I that? I just need mm-hmm. to learn,
1: before I, I do any changes to my phone, I need to learn how to, to say settings. I need to learn how yeah. to say, uh, well, I did actually know how to say Like language. screen time and... <laughs> yeah, and, I need to learn how um, to say no. I just need to know the notifications. So I, can, I know how to change it back if I'm and really, delete. really lost.
0: Yeah, if you're on your camera roll and you want to delete something, no, actually, and you want to save something, and then you accidentally delete it and you press delete or something. Like you need to know... Mm.
1: Like, i remember when stuff. i was in germany my i was um i watched netflix from my housemates account because it was just logged in in the living room mm-hmm. and for example i think that just means episode um, <laughs> and you would just see like everything explained in german i was like oh i was trying to understand what everything meant and i mean netflix is not my phone where I'm like using it you know so often Mm -hmm. so maybe yeah yeah, maybe it's a good exercise actually it'll be challenging but yeah maybe I should
0: should do it in French actually as well just to practice yeah
1: Yeah. because I I feel definitely I feel like obviously language is like learning to ride a bike you won't Mm -hmm. completely forget it it's always in the back of your mind but I've noticed over the years like I mean we haven't been to French school in so long haven't we so you Unvoluntarily, will lose that ability. It's like a muscle. Exactly. You it's will a lose muscle that ability if you don't to speak as fluently, you won't forget it. Like after you've practiced a little bit, like you'll get right back at it. But I've noticed but I think, a lot to of times honest... where I'm just like so rusty at the start. And then once I warm up and get into the conversation, yeah. it goes more naturally.
0: But I also think if you don't speak the language at all, at all, at all, for years and years and years you can forget it it's the exact same thing as a muscle if you go gym and you you know um go for years and then you stop going completely 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 over time you're going to lose that muscle but again as you said exactly like the gym muscle memory so you're going to have that memory from even though we don't practice french as daily as we used to we're going to be able to remember some words because of that memory that we have like the muscle memory. But again, the longer you leave it, the harder it is
1: again. This reminds so... me of children of immigrants who mm-hmm. perhaps want to fit into the country that they have moved to, say they've moved to the UK from another country. And because this is really bad, actually, like I feel like I think we spoke about this in, was it an episode with Diana? Was it about racism or... Um, basically, oh no, it was about, yeah, it was with Diana. I can't remember exactly the topic we were discussing, but it was about when you speak a language that isn't European, people mm. might look at you in a different way, like, oh, why are they saying? Like, that's gibberish or whatever. Mm. And yeah, it's like so heartbreaking to see that, you know, so a lot of children of immigrants, as I was saying, will try and suppress that they can speak another language Oh yeah, and therefore, without wanting to, because they are not using it, because they're not speaking to their family in that language, they will ultimately forget and not be able to speak it. Which is such a shame. Oh yeah, it's so true. Actually, no, I know a lot of,
0: and I mean, I guess that's why why we haven't,
1: we don't speak Tagalog. Or no,
0: I was literally going to say about ourselves Tagalog is the main reason. Like I remember suppressing it when I was in school when we were in Spain. I didn't want to. Be known. We've spoken about this in our YouTube video with the mixed race, and I think we've done an episode on this, but we didn't want to be known that we were half Filipino. So, therefore, we didn't want to be associated with Tagalog. And for so long, we didn't put any effort into learning Tagalog. And then, obviously, just got to a point where we're like, oh, well, it would have been nice (laughs) to learn it when we're younger. But obviously, we left it for so long that now we have no knowledge of the language, which is a shame. So,
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mabuti.
0: <laughs> Mabuti <ren. laughs> um, yeah. So Salamat po. Salamat <laughs> It's anyway. so funny. I just want to say really quick because me and Chris like because we hear our mom talk on the phone, we literally know random words. And it's just hilarious. Like, we actually take the piss. <laughs> it's just like it makes no sense. We would go to Philippines, say these words, and they'll be like, What are you saying? But for us, it's like a funny joke. But yeah, we like an inside joke. Learn it. it's Like an joke. inside joke, yeah. But yeah, oh, I just love language learning, it's so much fun. Yeah, hopefully, we inspired you guys to learn because I surely inspired myself and because you inspired me. Yeah, so what, to what keep up?
1: What are your actions then, Money? What are you gonna change? My next actions are gonna be. I'm going to take
0: things to the next level so I'm going to get serious with my Italian I'm going to well I actually uh maybe not Italian but I do want to get serious with my Arabic okay so I'll start what having serious more conversations. conversational conversational level I want to be no, but- able to oh what does serious mean like what are the actions in terms of
1: yeah because you're do? like oh conversation obviously yeah you want to be conversational that's the goal but like how are you going to get there I know I'm being like so like boom 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 but you need to like break it down give it to me real
0: give it to me real (laughs) I'm going to set up a weekly call meeting with my friends and we're going to chat and practice with the basics we're going to you know talk about like just introductory stuff what's my name what age I am where I live blah 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 and then we're going to try and increase that well continue on every single week and hopefully Set some goals from there. I actually haven't thought about it. I'm making this up on the spot, but we'll, we'll decide, like on,
1: something.
0: <laughs> we'll decide awesome. on something.
1: What about you, Kinesis, I'm going to potentially change my iPhone settings to Ooh. German
0: mm-hmm. and see
1: if I don't struggle too much. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Small steps, you know. I'm not gonna be like, be oh good. yeah, I'm gonna do a hundred hours a week of German, like not realistic, you know. So I'm gonna do small step small change let's see how it goes yeah. yeah and then we will hopefully do another episode
0: of language learning later down the line and maybe do a little bit of testing yeah. ourselves on, on the language to see if yeah. we've learned anything so exactly i think my my uh, my next steps would be to you'll be greeting us in arabic. arabic i will be greeting everyone in Which arabic <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> inshallah.
1: inshallah perfect
0: Amazing.
1: Well, we hope that you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Shukran,
0: everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. Masalama.